Good afternoon or good morning to uh, all of our listeners. Welcome back to Racing Matters. Um, it's been a crazy week for us here at the Racing League. Um, last week, this is now the 26th of November, last week we announced our first six uh, teams. And Rebecca, youth of today, how have you found the feedback to have been largely? It's been pretty positive. I mean, you're always going to get people that are negative. You could definitely single out two or three people. Um, but it's been good. We've had, uh, yeah, a lot of support. People have been very kind. Yeah, I think, um, as we all knew, once the material facts of the competition started to make themselves apparent, um, people were going to get more onside and those that are offside. In fact, there was a lot of people that were previously offside who have yeah. come on and uh, a few that have just stayed nicely quiet um, <laughs> the good news is next week um, we are planning to name the six remaining teams and then we'll have the full set of 12 and on we go and hopefully we can provide a good education piece thereafter for people about the competition now uh, speaking of education um, happy this week to have a slightly different uh, type of guest. We've had all sorts on so far, but this week um, I'm very pleased to say we've got John from Racing to School and Racing Together with us. Um, hi, John. How's it going? Hi, Ali. Hi, Rebecca. Yeah, no, it's, it's going well. And uh, firstly, congratulations on your, uh, your launch of uh, Racing League. Thanks. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a been a long time coming to get the real guts of the information out there and uh, I think a lot of people have sat in the distance wondering what what this thing's all about and where it ever happened and anyway so it is and we're we're pleased to hear that now of course racing has lots of um, very interesting charities foundations and organizations that surround it people probably uh, aware of things like the IJF and uh, Racing Welfare and so on. Racing to School is one that has been uh, on our radar for some time. And um, I think, John, just to um, fill in the blanks for anyone listening who, who isn't aware or is, is uninformed, can you just explain the general principle of Racing to School and, and, and your objectives? Uh, yes, very happily. Um, well, Racing to School is a, is a, is a free-to-user uh, program run, run by our charity now for 19 years so next year's a, a very important landmark 20 years so we've been making a lot of noise about that um, both from a fundraising point of view but also demonstrating the impact for young people and what, what's the program all about well it's generally based at race courses right around the country um, and it involves primary and secondary schools roughly 60 40 split in favor of, of, of primary schools who will come along uh, first groups of 30 or 40 uh, young people with their teachers who will have a, a full-on uh, activity learning day really centered around um, the makeup and the coordination of a race day so they get there very early um, put on their, their their silks there's lots of talk about why jockeys wear silks what what it means to own a horse and just getting some sense of the of the background of that like a analogies with, with football shirts and what it means to be part of a team, etc. Uh, and then they work through a, a workbook, which has been developed over the years by far brighter people than me, um, mostly teachers, to really uh, um, align it to the curriculum, because there's no point teaching them um, stuff that isn't of use when they go back to the classroom, isn't, isn't helpful to their education. We only have them for um, a block of, you know, five, six hours or so. 
um, that, that day. But then it's really to integrate that into, into racing. So when they learn about maths, let's put it into a real life example of uh, what, why weights, why imperial metric weights are so important to um, racing, why, why distances matter hugely, um, as, as we all know. And, and actually giving them exercises. So for example, they would in turn uh, go in groups and measure the perimeter of the parade ring and try and work out, well, why is one of them saying 150 meters and 100 and someone else is coming up with 170 meters? Well, perhaps it's because when they're measuring it with a measuring stick, um, some are going on the inside track, a la Lewis Hamilton, and the others are taking a slightly wider berth um, as my generic jump jockey has lost his irons. Um, so to get some sense of, of, of the differences, and then we, we, we then link that into how they measure averages and mean and mode, median, and really stuff that their teachers saying, well, you've just, you learned that, didn't you, last week in class? And just directing that back to actually, isn't it a fun place to, to learn that stuff, which yeah. is fairly boring when you're in a, in a classroom. So that's the idea really, is to take their classroom learning, put it into the, the makeup and the, and, and the backdrop of, of horse racing and then build that up as, as the days uh, prepares for racing. So they get to meet jockeys often, Clark of the Scales, all the staff are very generous in talking to the young people about their job roles. Um, and building on that layer of, of information, they, look, they learn about jockeys' diets, why that's so important. They learn about the race card and some of the terms and the, the mystical lexicon that we all use perhaps and understand, but, but to to a child who's never seen it before, it's like, well, what on earth is this? Well, that's a test of literacy and memory, and they, they build up about, as I said, about, about weights is very important in the weighing room. Um, we, we, welfare is very important. They need to see as, as best we can the, how the horse uh, is absolutely prioritized in racing, the welfare of the horse. So if we've time, we take them down to the stabling and show them how horses' microchips are checked as they come off the lorries. Um, so there's a whole vast array, and it, it's, it's then local to what race calls were at. So, you know, if we've got time, we'll say ask it, you've got to walk a long way to go from one, one place to another, or they're running races down the track. We try and do it at every race course. And that's also important because I think the fresh air outdoor learning, and they, they cover some distance. <laughs> they cover some yeah. distance. It was very healthy uh, as well as hopefully feeding their minds or hopefully improving their stamina uh, in terms of the distance that they, that they cover. Um, and it's all about fun. It's, it's not, you know, if they get something wrong or, you know, no one, no, no child is singled out. No, it's all about group learning and working together in teams, um, interacting with their teachers, which they rarely do outside the school trips are not <laughs> perhaps as they used to be, he said, sounding very old, but they're not. And they're not that easy for children to go out, out on these. Um, and some of the groups, I remember a story a while ago, and a group went to Aintree race course, which we do a lot of work. And it was the longest trip that any ch that, uh, one, one child had ever taken from his school a few miles away. He'd ever taken out of his yeah. area to to entry race course mm -hmm. to have a to have that memorable day. And it is not an exaggeration to say that we get plenty of emails through our team, uh, young people saying it's the best day of their life. Now I'm kind of sure it isn't, but but it's exciting enough for them to think it can't. Oh, God, this is cool. I want to come back here, and that's the point. Because what we try then to do, or we do do, we work very closely with all our race courses. We have great support from from them and the race course association, who are great allies of ours, which we really appreciate. Is to set up a chance for them to come back racing with mum or dad or care or sister or auntie, whoever it might be, so they can enjoy, you know, if you like, a more leisurely day where they're not working so much. But but generally on our days. Uh, they would get to see, you know, maybe two or three races, depending on, on the time of year, which is the culmination of what they've been learning. So for the moment, at quarter to 10, 
they're beginning to walk into the weighing room and thinking, what's all this about? To they see a horse being led back in uh, with a jockey they may have recognized from the race card they would have read, carrying a weight they would have begun to understand um, on a race course they've just had a race on. Begin just to kind of think, okay, this, this is something that is coming together. And the overall, I mean, you asked about the objective as well, to have a very important learning day. I mean, it is our number one responsibility to provide a valuable educational day aligned to their curriculum needs. That's number one, and always will be number one. But after that, of course, you want them to have a very positive and enthusiastic view of our sport. You want them to be better informed about horse welfare. You want them to think that race course down the road is as much their place to go to as, as might be the bowling alley or the skate park or whatever it might be or the football ground. We're desperate for them to have a positive relationship beyond coming back for fireworks or a car boot sale or you know, whatever else it might be. Um, and, and, and the race courses, you know, want that and, and encourage that. And really, we see ourselves, if you like, a bit of a, a matchmaker. You know, once we've introduced a school to a race course, we may not work for that school for another year or so. But there's nothing to stop the race course, you know having connections with, 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 with that school on an ongoing basis. And that, that does happen, which is great because, you know, that, that's, the, that's the value of those local community relationships. Yeah, I wish I um, did a racing school about that. <laughs> a lot of people say that, Rebecca. It would have made math a lot, a lot more interesting to me. <laughs> and how did, um, how did you get involved in the charity? Well, um, sort of a roundabout way, really. I was, I was um, a trustee of it. Um, I, I was lucky enough to... Uh, lead the PJA, the Professional Jockeys Association, um, uh, in, in the early mid mid two thousands. And as part of that role, I was a, I was a trustee of of the charity, which used to be called the very catchy title of Behest, which I need hardly tell you stands for the British Horse Racing Education Standards Trust, which really does roll off the tongue when you're trying to advertise it. There's a reason for that because it, it actually did it didn't just do the education work; it was an awarding body as well, which which. Um, uh, uh, that, that role was passed over um, a few years later. So I sort of knew about it then. I was not a particularly good trustee, if I'm absolutely honest. Um, my time was, was taken up with other, with other matters, but I was always aware of the charity. Um, in fact, I, I arranged a day when I, when I first worked for charities a few years ago for um, a recent school day to come to a, a horse uh, welfare and rehoming centre in, in Norfolk. So I'd kept my, my, my connections. And, and um, a few years back, I, I was in conversation with, um, the, the previous chief executive, Judy Allen, who did a tremendous job for so many years uh, and still works for us, which is great. Um, and, and she said they really need some help with their sort of fundraising communication strategy. Um, it was one of racing's best kept secrets, really. As I said, we're 20 years old next year, but there'll still be people who you know, don't really know what it is or what it's about, what the purpose is or who owns it or who doesn't own it. Is it independent? It is, by the way. Um, is it a charity? It is, by the way. Um, and, and it was for me really to reframe that conversation because it is a standalone charity. It's the smallest that operates in and around our sport. And it has to stand on its own two feet. I mean, it needs money through the door. I mean, it, uh, I say unashamedly. And, and, and to do that and to maximise that, we really had to slightly represent ourselves to not just the racing world, but the outside world as well, as well as our schools. So I think when I joined, we'd had something like eight donations across two years from schools. Now one in three would, would kindly donate. And I, I say that not just because of the money, which, which is, you know, someone gives us 50p, I'm delighted. It's not that, that's really important, but it's more of a, a KPI really. It's more of a recognition, evaluation, that actually schools um, from all backgrounds 
think the day is so valuable that they're quite happy to donate. So that, that's, that's really important. So that's how it started. And I was lucky enough to uh, be trusted by the trustees four or so years ago to, to, to be the chief executive. And we've been developing um, ever since. And how many children do you reach each year? Yep, good question. Well, if you'd asked me this time last year, I'd have said to you, well, Rebecca, we've just, we've just at Sandown reached our 15,400th pupil, which was a record for us. For many years, we were, we'd sort of plateaued on 10,000, which was great given we started off in, I said, 19 years ago with a, with a sort of a, a cohort of 1,000. So we had grown its scale growth every single year in the last three to four years. And we were on target to go you know closer to 16,000 this year but then um, as of March the 16th at Subble we had to sort of pack up <laughs> like most uh, people did and, and we'll be doing about 4,000 this year so this year obviously is sort of discounted in that sense I'll be honest I didn't think we were going to get to 4,000 uh, I said to our program manager Ollie McPhail that, that I was surprised even then and we did get starting again um, in the summer with pony clubs so we, we do quite a lot of work with pony camps so we did about 11 or so days there and then we did a trial on the September the 22nd at Newbury a two-day trial they let us in on non-race days just to work out you know could we work in a COVID secure way um, we're lucky of course because the schools come to us they're already bubbled up they're already safe and secure it's only it's only uh, uh, my, my colleagues that have to you know protect themselves as it were and behave in terms of social distancing the, the schools are already sort of oven ready in that sense so we were able to sort of prove the trial worked, get a bit of confidence around race courses. And we've had three days at Ascot a couple of weeks ago. We've been back in Scotland in Musselburgh, Aintree. We're very busy there. Great relationships there. Beautiful Carlisle we've been to. Uh, Leicester's on the plan. Uh, we've been to rather. Um, so we've got, we've got a few days now beginning to, to move forward. Obviously, this latest lockdown has, has, has been difficult as well. Um, but but we're very hopeful that, that we'll get back to those big numbers next year. Yeah. Have you managed to do sort of virtual learning days or? Well, uh, yes, yes, we have. In fact, one thing we did investing our time and a bit of money during the sort of late spring was to do some animation videos, which we're really uh, quietly proud of, which have been um, uh, voiceover by John Hunt, the commentator, who's an ambassador of ours and did a brilliant job. Uh, and so what we've done is taken that workbook I mentioned that the children use when they're on the race course and, 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 you know, turned it into something, you know, hopefully fun and engaging and uh, that has questions and, and multiple choice. And that is something which is spit out between the activities. So that's, that's, that got really good um, response, which is great. And that's still available on our website and, and we'll be pushing that out at the end of the year as well. Um, so we were busy with that. We had a, a really interesting day actually with Cheltenham, um, uh, Ollie McPhail um, and uh, jockey Tom Bellamy, who's a great uh, kind supporter of ours, uh, uh, did a maths, um, did some interaction with, with some of the junior jumpers, which is a, a sort of membership club at Cheltenham, uh, and we did some work there. So we've tried to innovate in some ways. It's very hard to replicate what we do, of course, because um, even now on non-race days, we're crying out for them to see horses. But we get mechanical horses there. We own four mechanical horses who uh, don't cost me too much in food now. But, um, so we get the children on, on those. And that's great. I was asked for one of those three days I mentioned a moment ago. And um, we'd taken two of them down there just to happen that the children, one, one boy was in Godolphin silks uh, against a young girl who was in uh, Judmont silks. And they were, they were riding away. And Ascot had some sponsors that were there just having a look around. And uh, I, I sort of mentioned to, to a colleague, I said, well, why don't you show them 
come and show them that. Come and show them what ASCIT does for, for you know, as, a, as part of its charitable support. And uh, we, it was great for them to see that, which I, I think they did, and they were excited by that. So, yeah, we, we, we've adapted, like everyone has. Um, but, yeah, there's nothing really to replace real horse flesh. Um, uh, but, um, yeah, we've, we've tried to innovate online, certainly, and, and that will continue to be part of our, part of our sort of makeup as it were. Yeah, I hope you can get back to the race courses soon. Um, is it mainly schools that you work with? That you mentioned Pony Club before. Do you work a lot with sort of clubs and different communities? Um, yeah, I mean, yes, is the answer. It is mainly schools um, that we work with over over two hundred schools. But we've developed a program in the last few years called the Riders Program, and the idea behind that was that we wanted to really connect with with young people that had already, if you like, put their hand up about horses or ponies, i.e. they were a member of a pony club or they were enrolled in an equine college. And we've built that programme to about six, again, in normal times, about 60 days or so um, during the year, kindly supported by the fund of the Racing Foundation. Um, and, and we work really to sort of um, open up some of the career opportunities of the sport. So it, it still has some of the the commonality of the schools program but it's a bit more focused about the width of, of jobs that, that young people might consider and it isn't all just being you know holly doyle or aiden coleman it's about the you know a huge number of other jobs that that involve handling of horses but much wider than that you want to be a lawyer be a lawyer in horse racing you want in happier times to be in hospitality or marketing or run a charity or do podcasts or whatever it is use racing you know racing presents those presents those opportunities so that, that 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 has been growing our sort of base as it were in terms of um in terms of um interacting with young people and it hasn't stopped there at all i mean we, we're we're open to all community groups really to really show that that racing is is relevant um and cares about the community i, th I think um funnily enough just before i came on this call i was having a long conversation with with um, um someone who works at west suffolk council who's a real strong community leader done a lot of work with the, with the racing community and it was pretty interesting to listen to to him about you know how racing comes across and, and the importance of actually racing um doing its bit for the community but for the right reasons and it's working very well in Newmarket, of course and um i took a lot from that in terms of what what our sport can offer altruistically to others because the payback will be exponential over time anyway if, if people have a good view of racing its reputation it, it's it's you know role as a good neighbor as a good employer as somewhere safe to go somewhere enjoyable somewhere cost you know that doesn't cost the earth the, the, the gbr's under racing under uh, 18's race free program we've worked a lot with the with, with that initiative and that's great isn't it because that's a bit of a hidden secret that, that actually mum and dad or whoever can take young people under 18 in the summer and it's not going to cost the same as going to, to see football or, or rugby union perhaps or, or a day at the cricket. Um, nothing wrong with any of those things, but, you know, we offer something completely different. And, um, and, and you know, that's been a real successful drive. We've been delighted to be part of that because we, we want to popularise our sport um, in, in any way we can. John, um, you would have been more than aware and... and um witness to lots of debate uh, conjecture and discussion recently about diversity and inclusion um is is this something that you guys at racing to school can not only deal with on a communicative level with children uh, by as you say bringing them to racing rather than expecting 
you know, racing to them to find racing. But is, is this something that you can address by the types of school or club you target and in what area? Because you, you mentioned Newmarket quite rightly, the home of racing in the UK. There's a natural fit for schools in that area. Many of their kids' parents will be employed by racing, etc. What about someone who lives in Bradford or, or somewhere that doesn't have a race course particularly close and it has a large percentage of the BAME community? And are you guys actively looking at that or is it something that's always been part of your DNA? Um, I, I'd like to say the latter, but, but that, that's probably a bit conceited because the idea that you can't do more is, is laughable, isn't it? But um, I mean, a large proportion of our participants will come from, this is self-declared by the way, among the schools, inner city deprived or rurally isolated areas. The, the difficulty we have is, is obviously we can't, to do a race course program, we can't have them, you know, traveling for half of the program. You know, we want them to be, I mean, we're lucky that some schools are able to literally walk to the race course. Um, and that doesn't mean they're, they're you know, um, highfalutin private schools, by the way, it just, just happens to be where, 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 where they're based. So um, certainly we, we are, you know, I would say very strongly that our, the makeup of our school groups are the most diverse, inclusive that you'll see in any groups at any race course at any time. I mean, they really are. There's no question about that. And as I said, we we draw from from those inner city areas, but there's some that are hard to reach. You know, and, you know, if if you're a, a big city and and you haven't got a race course within reasonable distance, then that is difficult. However, that is not the end of it because we do have other assets apart from race courses. We do some work, not much. But, but some work at trainers' yards. We do some work at studs. Again, probably not enough, but, but, but we do do that. And, uh, and we'll be doing more over time. And I think that's probably the answer, is that you try to, you, you, you find where the assets are for racing and try to connect in, in that way. I mentioned before, you know, Rehoming Centre for, um, Rehabilitation Rehoming Centre for, for Horses. They weren't actually Rex race horses, but there's plenty of those around the country as well that can be touch points. So it's no excuse. It's absolutely no excuse not to, to spread our tentacles more widely. The traditional model has been, you know, within sensible traveling time to, to, to a race course. But, but you know, that you're, you're right. It is something we are, we are looking at. And even if we can't provide a service in that way, I think there's still a huge amount more um, we can do. I mean, you, you mentioned the link with Racing Together. And for those of your listeners that, that don't know what Racing Together is, it's, it's the umbrella brand for all the sports, great community engagement work of which, of which Race to School obviously is one, is one part. We're very proud to, to, to lead that partnership, but it is absolutely a, an open house um, partnership involving all the charities that, that, that you mentioned, but much, much wider groups, uh, race courses, obviously, organisations across racing who do huge amounts uh, for their community in, in all types of different ways. And, and that's really where the potential lies to, to get those um, tentacles out, out farther to get the sport relevant and, and, and doing good work again altruistically not because what's in it for the sport as i said those things will follow in my view it's about actually thinking well what are the what are the assets what are the needs in the community that, that racing could do something about it can't change the world of course it can't it can't solve all the problems but it, but it can do a heck of a lot more and, and we've we've had a you know barometer of that when we've run the annual racing together community day which is an employee volunteering day um, which has attracted over 60 racing-related organisations last year um, to just put something back. It was, it was in, uh, in early May, and they chose their, their topic, they chose their locality, they chose their cause. It didn't matter what it was. It was, it was racing, so banding together on and around 
the, the first Thursday in, in, in May to, to really show that actually a concerted effort can, can achieve a great deal. Now, one day a year, you might argue, is obviously uh, only skimming the surface. But of course, it's more than that because those relationships were often in, in place anyway and have been in place subsequently. So it, it, just, it was just a way of actually showing, a bit like the plans for the annual horse day, that actually the sport can reach out in a, in a coordinated coordinated way. So I, I don't think it's any excuse what I've said about the fact that, well, we've got to be close to a race course because we can do more than that. Uh, but I think the way to do that is, is obviously to, to combine some of the assets that we have um, to make sure that we, we, do, we do be as we are as a sort of a, a attractive a, a proposition, if you like, um, to, to those to those communities. Yeah. Do you have um, partnerships with particular race courses and racing yards and jockeys that are more than happy to come and help out educating the children? Yeah, I, I think the first thing I'd say straight away um, is that everyone is great to race into school. There is no one, <laughs> there is no one that, that, that puts up barriers. There is no one that thinks, what are you wasting your time on that for? You know, nobody says that. Everyone sees the value of it to, to different degrees. Everyone is, is, you know, racing is an incredibly charitable sport. Um, you cannot open a race card most days of the week without seeing some charity being supported, some hospice, some retraining centre, whatever it might be. You know, there's a huge, there's a huge outlook and DNA of racing, as, as Ollie used the word earlier, uh, is there. So in terms of partnerships, every, every race course is, is a partner of ours. Um, they open their doors to us. They very kindly give us a perch for the children to you know, base camp, if you like, where we do some of the sessions and they leave their, have their lunch and leave their kit, et cetera. So that, that's, that's vital. You monetize that, what a private box might be at a race course. And you can see that immediately the benefit we get, benefit in kind we get from, from race courses. Um, trainers, likewise, very, very lucky to have uh, Warren Greatrex, who's, who's one of our ambassadors, uh, very supportive of our work. Plenty of other trainers are. Richard Phillips is, would be one of the, the leading advocates for lots of the great stuff that goes on in racing. And he, he's, he's always been very kind and generous with his comments and support. But, but I wouldn't name them all because it, it would just take far, far too long. In terms of jockeys, exactly the same. I mean, I'm, I'm very fortunate that our team is made up of, of quite a lot of former jockeys. Um, Carrie Ford, who, um, for younger listeners, was fifth in the Grand National on, on Forest Gunner. Never tells anyone that, even though I make her, when I'm with her, make her tell the children she rode in the Grand National. Far too shy, but brilliant at her job. Ollie McPhail, who told me the other day that he had, in fact, won a race at Cartmel um, because you get sticky toffee pudding there. And uh, of his 100, uh, let me remember, 137 winners, I think one of them was a Cartmel. But, you know, our connections are very strong with jockeys. And so, you know, when, when, we, when we're out and, uh, and see them, they so often spend their time talking to the young people, giving autographs, which is great. Um, you know, I'll give you a little exclusive, if I may, that uh, Holly Doyle, uh, no less than the Sunday Times Sports Woman of the Year, as, as announced late yesterday, um, is about to be an ambassador of, of racing to school, which is great. Uh, fortunately, we did that before before she won the award. Otherwise, everyone would be scrabbling for her. But um, she sits alongside uh, Sheen Murphy and John Joe O'Neill Jr. Um, Sally-Ann Grassick uh, from ITV, Susanna Gill, who's run seven marathons, seven days, seven continents. Uh, Maura Gray, who's, who's, you know, the, the conscience of the sport in many ways from a charitable side. We have some wonderful people and John Hunt, um, I mentioned earlier as well. So yes, we do have some, we have some pinpoint jockeys, if you like, 
uh, go-to jockeys. But but just the other day, um, yeah, Brian Hughes gave us um, some some kit that we needed because Ollie and the team had run out of you know part of the the day is to show the children the different types of kit and saddle sizes and the they always like the fact that jockeys wear tights that always gets a good gag a good laugh um so it was a winner but we thought of you know we're still ollie i was just remarkable when i was there the other day ollie said yeah we're still using his kit well he hasn't ridden for a long time he wrote my mistake <laughs> um and and so the fact is we're still demonstrating our, our what jockeys wear with his kit slightly um slightly limits us but we've had we've had a good response to that and and owners as well would give us silks I mean, you know, I'll be, I'll be completely blunt about it from a fundraising point of view, which, which is always ever present on my mind. You know, I always say, well, look, if we haven't got a, a certain set of silks, let's kindly ask whoever if they'll donate one. And that opens up a conversation about, well, you know, might you consider being a, a further supporter of ours? Isn't there no, no rocket science to that. It's very, very straightforward. Any fundraiser would, would, do, would do the same. But then we take a photograph of obviously the child in, the, in those particular silks and, you know, it works more than it doesn't. And um, but we're delighted to have that. And that, that itself is then shows ownership of the sport, of, of, of how the, you know, running around the race course, you see the, the, the children in silks. And, and just a quick anecdote, I was at Windsor not that long ago and, I, and some people came up to me and, and said, you know, what's all this about? They, they'd seen the children in the silks and seen the school. I said, racing the school, do this. we do this, that and the other. And they said, God, you know, I wish my niece or nephew or, or, or um, young son would have done that. And, and we create something at the race course, I think. We create a buzz and an excitement of a race day. And it was a fairly thin crowd that day, as I remember. And I, I thought you could see the crowd smiling. You could see them thinking, isn't it great? They watched a race of children running and children handicap themselves. So we always say, right, fast boys or girls at the back, ones who think they're a bit slower at the front. We don't make anyone do it, but they all do. And then we have a handicap race, um, which we often film, which is always, which is always fun. And, and the crowd love watching that. So, you know, it, it, it's very mutually beneficial, I, I think, in that way. So, yeah, we're, we're very lucky with our, with our supporters. Um, both directly with our, with our great funders. Um, I mentioned the Racing Foundation, Godolphin, Shadwell, uh, the Levy Board, who, who, who fund us more than anybody. Um, so there's plenty of, always plenty of thank yous to say whenever I talk to anybody, but I always forget somebody. But, um, you know, we, we couldn't exist without the consensus. We couldn't exist without that support. We couldn't exist without people understanding this is valuable. Um, because young people, most of them, have never been to a racing before, as I said earlier. And so this is the chance. This is the first time they... This is their wedding day. This is the chance we've got to make an impression. You know, this is what they will remember. Yeah. We, we get it wrong, then you, know, you, you might not get a second go with, with, the, with these youngsters, you know. Um, and, I, you know, we take that very seriously. Yeah, I think you're completely right. Racing is such a charitable and supportive community at the end of the day. Um, you mentioned before that it's almost, well, next year's the 20th anniversary um have has the charity seen its uh previous participants grow up to either work in the industry or or maybe become a regular race goer that's a really really good question um we, we're beginning to we're beginning to um we're better now at tracking our beneficiaries than we were um so we'd be plugged into some of the big employers in the sport um and and the racing school and the national horse racing college up at Bawtree and Doncaster. So, you know, they're asking now, have you been on a race to school day before? So those results are beginning um, to come through. Godolphin, Arc, Jockey Club, you know, big employers um, are beginning to have those conversations with, with their young people. Because I think that's important. I mean, it's, it's not, as I said, the ultimate KPI of our work, but it's a really, really important one. And, you know, we, we want young people to say, yeah, that was the light bulb. 
that was the light bulb moment. If I can drop a name, uh, Jack Lander, who's a prolific fundraiser um, for all racing charities, racing welfare, into jockeys fund and, and, and for us, who um, was going to go up Mount Kilimanjaro with his dad about seven times this year has been aborted, but I think he still plans to do it next year. He, um, he uh, went on a race to school day and he is, he is an aspiring jump jockey and, you know, he's a great social media following such a, a top, top young man and his family. And um, so he would be one of our sort of graduates, if you like. Uh, yeah, we've had, we've had a number coming through. Um, uh, we've got a, a young lady uh, who works in Emma Lavelle's yard, um, who, uh, who came through our riders program, the one I mentioned about equine colleges and, and pony clubbers. Um, she's working there now. So I guess the, the, the mark of success of that would be that I wouldn't be able to remember the individual ones because over time there'd be so many, but we're not there yet. I wouldn't pretend that we are, but we, we, we are beginning to track that. We do keep in touch with our, our, um, our alumni, if you like. Um, and it's really important. It, it is really important because, um, you know, if, if we, if we played our part with others, I mean, we work closely with the careers in racing team at the BHA, for example, uh, pony racing authority, the pony club, as I mentioned, um, if we're playing a part in that sort of journey um, and they go forward, then that's tremendous, you know, and, and, you know, that's why we want the sport to be a good employer. That's why we want, you know, that when they come to that, 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 that decision in their career, that actually what they go for is, is something which is worthwhile and they get training and support um, and aspirations because it's, you know, it's, it's not just enough sometimes to say, well, I like horses, you know, people have got bills to pay, people have got ambitions, they want to learn, they want, you know, bring up families and whatever, you know, you need, a, you need a solid career behind you to do those things. John, what would you say from your point of view, because um, I'm sure people have their own, but from your point of view, what's Racing to School's biggest success story? Oh, um, uh, because sorry. well, apart from to making to... it onto our podcast after <laughs> well, that, well, well, I mean that is <laughs> the that is the apogee, obviously. But um, to, well, to get to twenty years, I think to have grown the way we've grown, to have such a, a width of support uh, um, right across the industry, I, I think to, to continually have. I mean, we, you know, after each session, we would give um, both to the participants, the young people, and their their, their teachers and carers that that come with them. Um, you know, a form to fill out, you know, what they thought of the day, honestly, on, on, the, on the spot, as it were, we let them do that, uh, unencumbered. And, you know, the results of that, which is, which Ollie uh, collates and we report to our board, and, you know, we, we look at and, and drill into the consistent high level that I can tell you that 100% of teachers throughout, certainly my time, and I'm sure before my time, have said that they would wish to come back. The, the, the written quotes, the thank you cards, the letters that we get from our schools, uh, from our young people, what did you learn most about today? I mentioned the fact of saying it's the best day of my life and I hadn't realised this. And, you know, that ranges from I hadn't realised jockeys wear tights to I hadn't realised that that um, horses were looked after so well. I mean, that's really important, I think, as I mentioned earlier. Um, I hadn't realised how much fun racing was. You know, really good, you know, life-affirming comments so, so i think that I, I would i would keep it simple at that really is the fact that the, the charity goes on from strength to strength it is kindly supported by so many people um but it is about it is about the new group that come through every single week you're only as good as your last race into school day really if, if you work for us you know we've got to deliver every single day to a high educational quality to be enthusiastic about the sport the sport also has to play its part at the same time and then together you know, we, we've hit the sweet spot and we've, we've done what we've, what we've set out to do. Our other work is, is great, but it all points to that. It all points to that. 
Great. Um, just before we sign off as where time is uh, kicking on, um, Becky does tend to put everyone through the same gauntlet of nine poignant racing and slightly non-racing based questions that are yeah. this and that answers. So, uh, can I be very rude and just, just before she does that, and I, yeah. I will, I will, that those as best I can is just talk just about the, the safer gambling module that we did and just about young people and gaming and gambling just to touch on that if I may yeah. uh, which again it comes under our racing to school racing together uh, um, umbrella I mean we've done a new um, uh, uh, mod module which is a free module with, with the BHA it's on the racing to learn platform that's at racing and the number two learn platform anyone can sign up for it loads of good courses there we've done one around safe and responsible gambling to, to coincide with safer gambling which ends ends this week but it's a real good link between young people's interaction with gaming and gambling and some interesting stats there and we, we think you know I, I personally think it's a, such an important issue for our sport if we're going to connect with young people we need to do it in the language and the topics that they they understand and are interested in and I, and I think you know, given the nature of our sport, the intrinsic link between gambling and our sport, you know, we should be out in front in this. Um, the work other sports are already doing um, is, 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 is maybe puts us in the shade a little bit. So we're very keen to expand that um, over time. So you'll see more of us being involved in, the, in that world, not in a frightening way, not in a way to demonize gambling, quite, quite like the opposite, but just to um, equip young people really with knowledge and an understanding of, of what, what that world's about and, 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 the potential harms like you might do with, with drugs or, or any uh, any other society issues anyway sorry my questions <laughs> <laughs> we'll definitely link that um in the blog post for the podcast i think that's Thank a you. very important topic um so on to this or that are you ready <laughs> yes question number one cheltenham or ascot uh cheltenham tea or coffee no oh, coffee stand tea Dogs or cats? Dogs. Cats are terrible. Yep. <laughs> Sunset or sunrise? Uh, set. City or countryside? City. Bar or pub? Pub. Red or white wine? Uh, red. Football or rugby? Football. And final question, sprinters or stayers? Oh, sprinters. Wow. Oh the my first God. person. I love Dejo and um, Batash and um, Sheikh Albadu. God, I am old. Uh, all those great, great sprinters. Um, nothing wrong with a good stayer, of course. But um, I love Blue Point. He was. And Blue, yeah, of course. Oh absolutely. <laughs> wow. So on uh, after eight episodes or whatever we are now, that's the first vote for the uh, on that low point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for the speed merchant. Um, John, thanks very much for joining Not us. Sure. It's really, um, it's really good to to hear from the uh, horse's mouth, so to speak. Um, and uh, as Becky said, we'll link out in all the show notes, and and we'll look forward to doing more with you as racing league develops, and um, certainly we'll we'll take some of these topics you brought up and develop them into our own uh, podcast topics for the future. Um, Becky, uh, I presume you're off to do your lot of latest fitness challenge or something. I mean, that's still well, going, I is it? I can barely put my arm out straight. I'm in so much pain. I'm back on the fitness train. I think what, I need to be off what happened? What happened? This is, a, this is a new type of fitness exercise, is it, that you've picked up? Is this a new routine? 
Yeah, just, I didn't even know what I was doing. I think it was, is it called Hammer Curls? Hammer Curls, nice. Yeah, yeah God, I'm getting with the lingo now. Um, Very good. A lot of things. Well, I can't wait to launch the, the Racing League Fitness uh, <laughs> podcast. Um, right, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, thanks. Thanks, John, and thanks, Becky, and we'll see you all next time. Cheerio for now.